0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Justin always says, "Preach on my sins." I'll be preaching. I, I'll be preaching this morning on humility, so I won't be preaching on Justin's sins at all. So there was. speaking of that, there was, there was recently um, a message that was preached, and uh, Pastor Wilkerson was preaching, and he was preaching on pride, and really a strong sermon on pride, and after the sermon, Justin came up to Pastor Wilkerson, and he said, Preacher, I, I need to confess something. He said, that. The Preacher said, what is it? He said. He Preacher, I need to confess the sin of pride. He says, just really, really something that I've been... That I've really struggled with this this sin of pride. He says, What do you mean? He says, The other day, he said, "I, I sat in front of the mirror for an hour just admiring how handsome I was. Pastor said to him immediately, That wasn't a sin of pride. That was a sin of imagination. So... I don't know, I can't really verify if that's true or not, but that's what I heard, so I can't, uh... it was two hours today, sometimes you're sitting, you're sitting to stare in the mirror just hoping it's going to get better, and it doesn't, it just, trust me, I'm speaking from experience, isn't it amazing, I got to tell you something else, you know how sometimes Girls, when they get up in the morning, okay, at, hold on, let me back up, let me back up. At my wedding, my dad said, my my dad did my wedding, okay, my dad did my wedding, and he said, he was comparing men and women. And he said, you know, there's a lot of things that are different between men and women. He said, women, women, They go to sleep. Somehow, they deteriorate during the night. Men, men wake up as good looking as they went to bed. Right? There's sometimes, no, just just trust, you guys tell me if this is true or not. Brother Anthony, we're about the same age, right? We still, we still wake up in the morning And we look in the mirror and we think, not bad, right? (laughs) Women will look in the mirror and see a hundred things wrong. Us men, we look in the mirror, it's the truth. We look in the mirror and we're like, hey, you know, I'm 46 years old, Brother Mitchell. I, you know, not bad. I mean, I'm not 18 anymore, but you know, for 46, it could be worse. My wife's pretty lucky. I'm just saying. But that's just, it's just one of those things that you'll learn. It, it, it's just the truth, okay? I'm here to speak the truth. The, uh, I, got, I got something. I really am. So I really am preaching on humility this morning, okay? And I just listen to me. This has been, I, I love to preach. I love to preach the Bible. I love, I, there's no, People group that I would rather preach to than you right here because I love you and I just I want to help you any way that I can. And well, I love most of you. This has been I'll I'll be honest with you. There's there's nobody in this room that needs this message more than I. And uh, it's it's something that's important. We hear a lot of messages on pride, and really I'm going to share with you kind of some of the blessings and the promises. Of humility. humility is a wonderful thing. It really is. And I, I read a quote recently, and uh, it, I, I kind of adapted it for my own version of it. But it is this, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is to think honestly of yourself. It's not about thinking less of yourself or thinking lowly of yourself. It's about thinking honestly of yourself. And if you and I will learn to look at ourselves and just be honest, you will be humbled. I am humbled. I joked about looking in the mirror, things like that, but I just... Just every day, as I as I read my Bible and as I pray and as I get to come to work here and the people that I get to work with and the things that that God allows us to do, it is a humbling. It really, really is. I'm going to ask you. I, I it's kind of what the way that I'm preaching today will be a little bit different for me. We're going to turn into a lot of scripture. Okay, so get your Bibles out, put your phones away, put everything else away, get your Bible out. And I'm going to ask you to turn to some of these passages with me as we go through this. Start in Matthew, Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20, I'm going to read three different passages of Scripture for you out of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then we'll pray and get into this. But I I jokingly gave you the story, kind of jokingly, about Justin and the sin of imagination and really You know, the thing that keeps us from humility is us imagining ourselves to be better than we really are, to be something that we are not. And genuine, true humility, what God can do with it is just absolutely amazing. But Jesus was the perfect example, and so we're going to read these passages of Scripture. Matthew chapter number 20, starting in verse number 25. And following down to verse 28, it says this, but Jesus called them unto him and said, and this is the disciples, and there had been some disputing about who was gonna be the greatest. He called them unto him and said, ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be greatest among you, let him be your, your minister, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give himself a ransom for many. And then over to Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10, and verses 42 down through 45. Mark ten forty-two to 45 says this, But Jesus called them to him, and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are Accounted to rule over the Gentiles, exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many then we'll turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, starting in verse 24. It says this, And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. They that exercise authority upon them are called benefact. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth, sitteth at meat, or he that serveth. Is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptation. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for today. God, thank you for your example. Thank you for the Bible. Lord, I think of the people in my life um, from a very young child, nursery workers in the nursery, Lord, Sunday school teachers as an
1: elementary boy and, and school teachers, youth
0: pastors, youth workers, college teachers, pastors that I've had the opportunity to serve, other staff members being here, the wonderful folks we get to serve with. Lord, people that absolutely undeserving undeserved by me have chosen to serve me to be a minister to me and then lord to think that the creator of the universe came to earth to be a minister lord it's no wonder that you would challenge us that you would ask us lord as you did your disciples that you would say hey would you just would you just decide
1: decide to be a need filler, to meet people's needs, to find a way to serve people. God, would you
0: help us today? I pray that you'd help me to be humble. I pray that you'd help our students to be the most humble, college-age body of people
1: anywhere on the face of the earth. God, that you'd be able to use us you
0: Help us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see those Examples there, Jesus came in a humble spirit to be a servant. That's what he says. That's his own words. He says, this is why I came. I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give himself a ransom for all. He says, I came to serve and to die. Let me just tell you, even as you're here at the college, If only, if that was the spirit of the young people at Hiles Anderson College. Hey, I came here to serve and to die. As you go out into the world to serve in a church somewhere, to pastor, to be a school teacher, whatever, if that is your heart, if that is your desire, if that is your mentality that says, I'm here to, Paul said, I die daily. I'm here to serve and to die. You see in Paul's epistles when he wrote, He says over and over again, a servant. Paul, a servant. I die daily. Dying to self and determining to serve. That's why Jesus came, and that's what he wants for us. In this area of humility, it's just something that we don't, you know, we're we're told over and over and over again, hey, you need to not be prideful, don't you know? The sin of pride, only by pride cometh contention. Pride is a terrible thing, it will... It will, it will destroy your life. It will destroy your ministry. It will destroy your relationships. It will destroy you. Talking about your finances. Why we struggle with finances oftentimes, and I've experienced in my own life, oftentimes it's because of our pride. Because we think we deserve this, or I should have this, or I should have those things. I need more sleep. I want to have this. I want that food. I want that toy. I want that whatever it is. And you'll struggle with it because of pride. But how can I be? Humble. It's, humility is, is, a, is a mindset and it's a heart set. It's something that you set your heart to be. It's a determination. You're not going to be humble by accident. Nobody is humble by accident. And so learning that it was Jesus' heart, it was his mindset, that's why he came to earth was to minister. I want you to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 with me for just a minute. Or before, I'm sorry, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8 while you're turning there. I'm going to turn to Philippians 2 first. Philippians chapter 2, talking about the mindset of Christ. Philippians 2, a very familiar passage, starting in verse 5, says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It was his mind, it was his mindset. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He had every right, he wouldn't have been stealing, it wouldn't have been unfair or unfaithful or unjust for him to be equal with God. But being, uh, but verse 7, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He made those choices. Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He says, let this mind be in you. All of of Philippians chapter 2 is a mindset of humility. It's talking about working together and cooperating together with each other. But that only comes, cooperation comes when people have a humble mindset. When they decide it's not about me, it's not about me getting my way, it's not about me having what I want, it's not about me being right. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and other people. It's about that spirit of humility. That was Jesus' mindset. Now we're over in... Deuteronomy for a minute. I want to show you what what God did for 40, you think about 40 years in the wilderness. And why, you know, why did the children of Israel spend 40 years in the wilderness? It was really ultimately the sin of pride that kept them from going into the promised land. You say, no, they were scared. They were scared because of their pride, because they thought it was dependent on them. They said, we can't take these people. They are bigger than us, and we can't do this. It was never about them in the first place. God had said, I will deliver them into your hand," And they got caught up in their pride, and they said, I can't do that. And let me just tell you something. Young person today, whether it's in college, in your classes, at work, on your bus route, or whatever, as soon as you start looking at things and say, oh, I'm going to fail because I can't do this. I don't have enough money. God's not broke. There's, I can't do this because I'm not smart enough to pass this class. God's, God's not dumb. God invented all the information you're learning, okay? And he's got ways to help you. If God brought you here, he can give you the equipment you need to do what you need to do to be successful while you're here. But Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verses, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 8 starting in verse number 2, Deuteronomy 8.2 says this, and thou shalt remember, of course the book of Deuteronomy is about remembrance, thou shalt remember the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? To humble thee and to prove thee. To know what is in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Why 40 years? That seems like a long time. He says, I did it for 40 years. To humble you? and to prove you, to test you, to see whether or not you would obey Forty years. How long will it take you to be humble? There are some people that will spend 5, 10, 20, 40 years of their life being lifted up with pride because they will not be humble. They won't humble themselves. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Jump down to verse number 16, same chapter, Deuteronomy 8. Verse number 16 says this, Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not? Why? That he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, to do thee good at thy latter end. He said, God did that to bring you to the place that he could bless you. He said, I I humbled you, and I proved you, so that in the end, I could bless you. It's contrary to our thoughts. We want God to bless us. You know, God, if you would bless me, then I'll be humble. I promise, if you give me what I I want, if you let me have the ministry that I want, if you let me have the money that I want, the family that I want, the girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever that I want, the car that I want, if you do that, then I'll be humble. And God's, God's economy is the exact opposite of that.
1: God says, if you'll be humble, then I'll give you what I want you to have.
0: He says, I tested you, I, I, I did this to humble you and to prove you in order to accomplish, in order to bless you at your latter end. In the end, I want you to be blessed. You understand, young person, it's, it's vital that you understand that God's desire for your life is for you to live a blessed life. He wants nothing more than to be able to bless you in your life in ways that maybe not in the ways that you think, but in the ways that he think, which are always what's best for you. If you will, go back to Philippians chapter 2 with me for a minute. I talked already about the fact that he humbled himself, but humility is God's path to honor. We saw in verse number 8 of Philippians chapter 2, he being found in fashion as a man, He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But verse 9 says this, Wherefore, or because of that, God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We see that and we say, well, okay, fine, Brother King. That's, that's Jesus. Yes, he humbled himself. And yes, that God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And I understand all that. But that was for Jesus. Turn over to the book of Proverbs with me, if you will, for just a minute. Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. Interesting to me, and I, I didn't know this before the other day looking it up, But every place in the Bible, I'm sorry, every place in the book of Proverbs, rather, every place in the book of Proverbs that the word humility is used, it is associated with honor. We're going to look at all three places real quickly here. First of all, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 33 says this, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is what? Humility. Before honor is humility. Jump over to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18, probably just a page over in your Bible. And verse number 12, Proverbs 18, 12, says this. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is what? Humility. Then one more passage, Proverbs 22. Just another page or two over, Proverbs 22. And verse number four. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. The key to honor in God's economy. Which, by the way, it's awesome to me that God says, I want to honor you. But he says the key to that is humility. The only way to truly get there in God's eyes is true humility. You've heard it before. God, in God's eyes, the way up is down. I, I read a statement. I, I, I love this statement, and you can overthink it or analyze it if you want to, but you can be too big for God to use, but you can never be too small. You can be too big for
1: God to use, but you can never be too small for God to use.
0: How small are you? How small are you to you? And again, it's not about, I said at the very beginning, it's not about thinking less of yourself. It's not about thinking low of yourself. Oh, I'm just a nobody, and Eeyore, and nobody loves me, and everybody hates me, and I'm going to go eat worms. That's not humility. That's just another form of pride.
1: Making it all about you.
0: It's not thinking low of yourself, it's thinking honestly of yourself. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I've got to read something for you. This was a, a blessing to me. I read this. In the year 1847, a doctor from Edinburgh, Sir James Simpson, discovered that, uh, discovered that chloroform could be used as an anesthetic to render people insensible to the pain of surgery. From his early experiments, Dr. Simpson made it possible for people to go through the most uh, dangerous operations without fear of pain and suffering. Some people even claim that his was one of the most significant discoveries of modern medicine. Some years later, while lecturing at the University of Edinburgh, Dr. Simpson was asked by one of the students, "What do you consider to be the most valuable discovery of your lifetime?" To the surprise of his students who had expected him to refer to chloroform, Dr. Simpson replied, My most valuable discovery was when I discovered myself a sinner and that Jesus Christ was my Savior. My most valuable discovery
1: was discovering who I was and who He is and what that means for me. Once you get to that place,
0: then God can bless you and use you. There was, uh, it's God's plan to honor. I read it already in Philippians 2.9 and in Proverbs, but there's a story that's told of a, there was a a small college that was suffering financially, and they were struggling a little bit, and a very wealthy businessman came to visit this, this college. And he drove on campus, and he was, as he was pulling in there was a fence there, and there was an old man that was there in his paint and clothes, just painting the fence, and he stopped in and he stopped the 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 older man and he says, "Sir, he says, uh, can you tell me where I can find the president of this college?" And the old man he pointed up on the hill there was a there was a nice house there up on the hill, and he says he says, "I believe that at at noon he'll be up there at that house." So the man kind of Wandered around campus a little bit that day in the morning and was waiting for noon because he wanted to go meet the president. And So around noon, he waited, gave it, you know, gave it a couple minutes after, and he goes and knocks on the door of that house. And man answered the door in a suit, a very sharply dressed man, and he immediately recognized that it was the same man that had been out painting the fence. And it was the president of the college man sat down and they kind of talked for a while and a couple weeks later, that president of that college received in the mail, and this was years ago, received a check for $50,000 from that man. He said, I want to be
1: part of a place that is led by people. There's
0: something about it. It's God's way of honoring people. It's counterintuitive to us. It is our nature to seek honor. It doesn't matter if it's on on an athletic field, if it's in a place of employment, if it's in ministry. It is our nature to seek honor, not to seek service. We want people to serve us, but for us to seek opportunities to serve is against our nature. Humility, besides that, turn over to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And verse number six, humility is the key to God's grace. How many of you want God's grace in your life? You want God's grace in your life? I want to have God's grace in my life. James chapter four, verse number six says this, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. He says, hey, he gives more grace. And who does he give it to? Humble people. A uh, sister passage that over in 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter 5, 5 says this. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. The key to God's grace, which everybody in this room wants in their life, is not just being a wonderful, awesome person. The key to God's grace is humility it is humility then you see that in in those two passages that humility is the key to God's grace but if we humble ourselves then God can use us look back at those same two passages we'll start, if you're in first Peter 5 just you can stay there for a minute And let's look at another verse the very next verse verse 6 humble yourselves therefore why because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble therefore because of that Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you in due time. I teach the book of James. If you turn back, oh, you can turn back over to James chapter 4, verse number 10. It says something very similar. It says this, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Here's the thing, young people. Somebody is going to humble you. You can do it, or God can do it. And somebody is going to exalt you or lift you up. And again, you can do it, or God can do it. You humble yourself, God will lift you up. You exalt yourself, God will humble you. And the beauty of it is, you get to pick.
1: I get to pick. Here's the thing.
0: My arms are a lot shorter than God's. If God has to humble me, He can humble me a lot lower than I can even begin to imagine. And if God is the one that gets to exalt me, He can exalt me far beyond anything that I could ever have dreamed of or thought of. I can humble myself, and God will exalt me. Or I can exalt myself, and God will humble me. And that's true of every single person in this Knowing that ahead of time, why would we not have it as our heart to say, you know what, I think I'll humble myself. I think, you know, it, it's kind of like, if, if your parents ever said to you, if you got spanked, then you have godly parents, right? If you got spanked, you know, no. It would just, some of you, wish, you know, my parents beat me within an inch of my life, and yet you're here. The Bible says, if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Some of you probably should have been beat more often. But if your parents ever said, how many of you in here, your parents ever said, go find something for me to spank you with? That's a horrible thing as a parent. Right? Because you know, what am I going to, I'm going to go find a little, you know, I'm going to go find you a little piece of this right here. Here you go, Dad, knock yourself out. No, right? But my dad, if it was something... You know, we had a willow tree, and I didn't get spanked a lot. How many of you ever got spanked with a switch off a willow tree if you ever did? Those are painful. It's not very pleasant. But here's the thing with us and God. That's the way God works. God says, you get to pick what I'm going to correct you with and to what extent I need to correct you. You might not get to choose the, the vehicle of the correction or the vehicle of the blessing. God chooses that, but you get to choose if he's going to be able to bless you or correct you. He says, if you'll humble yourself in those two passages, that God will exalt us. <clears throat> I, another, this was a neat thing. I've heard this before. It's not new. But one of Spurgeon's students went into a pulpit with every, every expression of confidence. But he had an extremely difficult time. He came down distressed, almost brokenhearted, and he went to Spurgeon about it. The words of Spurgeon to him were these, If you had gone up as you came down, you would have come down as you went up. He went up proud, and God humbled him. And he came down humble. And Spurgeon said, If you had gone up with the humble spirit, you would have been able to come down proud of what God did. And it's the same for every person in this room. Don't you? If you'll go up humble, you'll be able to look back at it a week, a year, of ten years from now at the end of your life and say, look what God did. Not because of me. Not because of who I am, or I'm so talented and gifted and God really lucked out when He got me. But because of who God is. If, you'll, if he would have gone up as he came down, he could have come down as he went down. Some of you want what you see in people that have been doing this a whole lot longer than you. You see them coming down triumphant and you say, that's what I want. What you didn't see is how they went up. How they started. Well, How did they get to that point? The, um,
1: turn with me over to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4.
0: If we will not humble ourselves, then God will do it for us. This is the story here in Daniel 4 of Nebuchadnezzar. And he talks about how he got lifted up with pride, and God came and said, oh really, you think so? And God sent him out into the field where he thought he was an animal. He was eating grass, his fingers were grown out like eagles' claws, or his fingernails, and he, was, he didn't even know who he was. And this is from his own testimony in the end of Daniel chapter 4, verse 37 says this, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And I love what he says here at the end, and those that walk in pride, he is able to obey. He said, let me just tell you how awesome God is. And just in case you think you're something, God can fix that. God can fix that. He says, those who are, who are lifted up in pride, he is able to abase. I going to show you one more passage of Scripture that I'll have you turn to for today. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. First Corinthians chapter 4, if you'll go there with me. I appreciate you being patient, turning your pages in your Bible with me. The, uh, I, I love the Word of God, and this is just this is just really scratching the surface of the subject of humility in the in the Bible. But First Corinthians chapter number four and verse number seven says this. My dad reminded me of this a while ago. We were talking about this subject of humility. First Corinthians four seven says this: For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Everything that you are, you got from God. Every breath you breathe, you got from God. And he said, if you received it from God, why in the world are you glorying as if it had anything to do with you? It's a humbling thought. I thank God for my family. I don't I, two of my daughters are sitting back there. You know, I'm their dad, but that is 100% God. The wife that God gave me, 100%. It's not me. Oh, man, she man alive. Did she luck out when she got me? I hope she knows how blessed she is. How No, I I know me better than
1: How well do you, what is your opinion of you? I'm
0: going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing to humble yourself? Or is God going to have to do it for you? Some of you, it's been, I appreciate those that are, coming to the altar and bow on a knee. Some of you have been here two, three, maybe even four years and have never been to an altar here or at church to bow a knee. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign that says, hey, God, I want you to work. And if you can't work, you understand if God can't work in your life that you are the problem. If God can't work in my life, I am the problem. It's not somebody else. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 says this, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what, the, what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to
1: walk humbly with thy God. What does God want from me, Brother King? He wants you to do right, to love mercy, but walk humbly with
0: God. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for today. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for helping me through this, even this preparation for the message,
1: Lord, realizing that, Lord, I struggle with pride. Every day I struggle with pride, and I need your help. I pray that you would help every person in this room, Lord, to humble ourselves so that you don't have to. Lord, I would hate to think that the God of all the universe, the creator of the universe, came to earth to be a servant.
0: And he would have to humble me because I won't do it. God, would this place have a testimony? We already, I believe, our church, our college has a testimony of loving people. But Lord, would this place have a
1: testimony of being full of humble servants of God that want nothing more than to be a servant? use us, we can use this message. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.